I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, pretty baby. Oh, pretty baby. is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. We are going up on the road. Match day programme, £3.50. Get your programmes. One F in Fulham, your Fulham fanzine. We've got a new edition. £3, your fanzine. Welcome to episode 141 of We Are Going Up. I'm back. Uh, this is Mark Crossley, and I'm here in one piece. Just David Cameron Walker is here. Hello. Uh, how are you, stranger? I'm oh, very good, mate. What did I, what did I miss? It's nice to see you in one piece. Yes, I just about got back. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more about my uh, two weeks in Japan during the rest of this show. You're going to tell them what you told me earlier. <laughs> what did I tell you earlier? You know, <laughs> I can't tell you that. I can't <laughs> tell them that. Um, I'm going to say though, dancing robots, booze, flying sushi, temples and a taxi nutter. Those are just some of the things that some of the two weeks I've just had. I did go to the J-League, uh, Tokyo against Hiroshima. I'll tell you more about that later but that's not important right now because we are, well, it's kind of tradition on these live specials that you describe whereabouts we are. Well, we are on, uh, we are in like the suburbs of, uh, of West London, leafy West London. We're on Greswell Street right next to the sign. More importantly, we are opposite Craven Cottage, one of my favourite grounds to go to because we are going to watch Fulham against lowly Blackpool. We are. It is bonfire night as well. Um, are there going to be fireworks tonight, DC? Um, Literally, yes. Not sure they'll be tangerine coloured, though. No, no. Um, it's not exactly buzzing right now. I mean, what time are we on? We're kind of about, uh, about half hour away from kickoff. Not exactly buzzing, but we're hoping it's going to fill up. I mean, you couldn't really um, begrudge the Blackpool fans to sort of staying back up north for a bit of a, a fireworks bonfire night um, sort of special rather than coming all the way down here to see their team because on the illuminations yet in Blackpool I'm not sure I'm not sure um, we've just seen Lee Clark the Blackpool manager get off the uh, the team bus um, he's a sucker there were, there were more Fulham fans wanting to see him than Blackpool weren't there they were um, he's a bit of a sucker for punishment that guy isn't he he is I mean, and you talked about it last week but unbelievable that he's gone in at a club who are actually doing worse than Birmingham I suppose for him though it's an opportunity to get straight back in it straight back into the game because if you're out for too long people people sometimes overlook you so he's got a job straight away and he, you know what he's like he's a thoroughly optimistic guy that he, he can do the job and he can get him out of this I mean I, I don't know whether he can I'm, I'm very very pessimistic about his chances of doing so and I think he's a bit of a glutton for punishment I think you know we talked about last week with Dan's how, how badly he took defeat and how badly he took you know he didn't deal with negativity very well he let, he let it get to him so hopefully he's learned to, to have a bit of a thicker skin after 
Championship experiences at Birmingham because by God he's going to need it isn't he? He certainly is and uh, outside the ground tonight we spoke to a few Blackpool fans about their situation just one win in 16 games in all competitions so far this season and as you can imagine they're not exactly happy. We hit the ground running really because they only had eight contracted players to start with so we've just been catch up and it hasn't really happened has it because yeah. we've got an idiot for a chairman and that's all I'd like to say really. Not impossible uh, but, but I just think Cardiff, you know. Though, and then, yeah. then the game after that we got battered again so <laughs> It, the, the, win, the, the winning run lasted one game. The reality is we've got to win 50% of our games from now to stay in this division. So we've got to take it from there. And as for the home side, well, it's all turned around since Felix McGaff departed. Uh, Fulham have won their last three home games in the Championship, beating Bolton, Norwich and Charlton here at the Cottage. And they're out of the relegation zone and the fans wanted a change in management. They've got it and it's worked so far. It certainly has. It's been a very popular appointment. It, it took them a while to make it. It seemed like the fans were calling for it for a while, but this this five-man committee took their time to get to get the right man. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's loved by the crowd it seems he's, he's been a coach here for a while so he, he knows some of the players importantly knows some of those younger players and I think any doubts about appointing someone who's never had a full-time manager job before I mean don't look to be you know too much of a concern at the moment because he started so well they're, they're winning they're moving up the table and you know all of a sudden people are looking upwards they've got a bit of hope again well despite the positive upturn in results fans not entirely happy with the situation this football club finds itself in in the season following relegation from the Premier League we spoke to the editor of the, the there's only one F in Fulham fanzine, uh, David Lloyd, not that one. And he told us of his frustrations at the situation this club is in. My uh, 12-year-old isn't what you'd call a, a football nut, but he's come along and he's picked holes in what's been going on out there. And uh, that's that's putting it forward somewhat amusingly, but it's not amusing for us fans. It's hurt. It's really hurt. We've had to fork out the, the money to come and watch, and it's been dreadful. And the mistakes that have been made have been catastrophic. And as well as David, we spoke to more Fulham fans outside the cottage tonight before the visit of Blackpool. The fans got right behind Kit Simons from the time he got the job and uh, uh, there were, the song that was uh, was going up was um, We've Got Our Fulham Back as a, as a star song which was going and, and it's true. I think he was the right man to take over because purely because he was on the under-21s and he knew the under-21s, they are, they are his players sort of thing, so he kept carry on so he was the ideal man, yes. You'll hear more from those fans later and we'll also have all the best bits of the action to Tonight at Craven Cottage. Plus, we'll take a look at what's been going on across the Football League in the last few weeks. I've got to be honest, I'm going to be relying quite heavily on you. I've got no idea what's been going on, but I believe we might be talking about uh, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, perhaps a little bit later on, and who else? Ipswich. Ipswich. Could do an Ipswich mention. Could do that later. Half the league, really. Everyone's, everyone's so. Yeah, everyone's... Well, it's, well, it's not just a championship as well, it's all been going off in League One and League Two. We'll talk more about that later, but right now we are going to venture into. Is that a better result since you've been away? I have on some of them. <laughs> um, we're about to go into the turnstiles at the Putney end, the neutral end of Craven Cottage. We're walking past the statue, sadly not of Michael Jackson anymore, but of... Johnny Haynes. Mr Johnny Haynes. Right, here we go. Fulham against Blackpool. We are going up live at the cottage. We are going up live. So we've moved inside Craven Cottage, the Putney end, the famous neutral stand behind the goal, bit of muse blaring out as kickoff approaches. Not really too many people sat around us, is there? No, there aren't many neutrals in town tonight for the visit. Just Blackpool. us two, I think. Yeah, but there's a couple of Blackpool, a smattering of Blackpool supporters down to our left. And 
obviously we've we've spoken to a few already tonight, which you'll you'll hear through the course of this podcast, and it's very interesting to me to hear some of them. You know, there's a bit of a divide in terms of whether they're how supportive they are of the of the team amidst the current situation. I mean, most of them are supporting the team, but you know, a lot of them were leaning towards you know the, the kind of anti oyston brigade and you know some people saying you know really affecting their their attendance at home matches and a real, real, a real sense of anger you know anger and frustration you're getting from these blackpool fans and it's, it's always sad to see that as a fellow football fan you know they should be coming down here tonight taking on fulham we're just concentrating on the game optimistic of trying to get a result you know and, and the whole season every game is just clouded by this ongoing turmoil off the pitch and and, there's, and the, the worst thing is there's, there's no end in sight well hold that thought we're going to come on to that in a minute first of all it's bloody freezing tonight isn't it uh, it is a nippy one the wind blowing in off the Thames you can tell you've just been paid you've uh, had a bet and you've had a uh, what's it steak and ale pie was that I don't often get pies at football matches to be honest with you but I went for a steak and ale pie to try and warm the couples um, and it was lovely lovely steak and ale pie down at Fulham and I've just had a, I've just had a couple of quid on Dan Byrne the uh, young defender who scored the last goal of the Premier League season last year right at the death in their final game uh, to score first tonight good start good start well, what about Fulham then they obviously had a shocking start to the season under Felix McGath uh, I think his final game in charge was that 5-3 loss at the city ground against Nottingham Forest uh, since then Kit Simons has come in and the results since that game uh, they lost the first one to Blackburn then wins over Birmingham Bolton uh, loss at Middlesbrough they've beaten Norwich drawn with Rotherham beaten Charlton and drawn at Wigan they've scored quite a lot of goals in that time and I don't know the place just feels a little bit more optimistic for sure the fans clearly wanted wanted Kit Simons in they got what they wanted and I think most importantly the, what the hell is this by the way a real big crescendo and building up I'm not building up <laughs> you've got a great point coming in befitting this, this this dramatic build up but like Kit Simons <laughs> is the man to take Fulham forward and lead them to the promised land <laughs> Anyone? Just us? Fine. Um, they're unbeaten in their last six games of Blackpool in all competitions. They're uh, going to be without Ross McCormack tonight, yeah. who got sent off at the weekend. Uh, but they've won their last three home it's matches here. It's about, hasn't it, McCormack? I mean, obviously, at the start of the season, all the focus was on Fulham and how much they spent, the ridiculous money they spent on, on Ross McCormack. And he hasn't scored loads of goals, but whenever I have seen Fulham this season, he's been involved, he's, he's creating goals as well. So from what I've seen, I think he's been a positive uh, impact, made a positive impact on the team. They obviously haven't got him tonight but just just going back to my earlier point I think the main thing about Kit Simons is those players were on the floor physically and mentally under McGat it was clear they didn't like his methods they were pushing he was pushing them too hard some of the ridiculous things you heard like the cheese on Brombreda ankle and style and all that nonsense so their players are happy I think under Kit Simons he, he simplified things we, we hear and, and the fans are happy as well and that is a good starting point to move forward and one thing we definitely learned tonight is that Fulham have got one of the best PA systems in the Football League that, that much is for sure uh, before the game tonight uh, we caught up with some Fulham fans outside and uh, as the visitors Blackpool have only got one win all season and they've not won on the road at all again another crescendo uh, we asked them if they're expecting three points tonight for the home side well it's always difficult I think uh, it's just because the team's down the bottom uh, it doesn't mean that say they're a walkover uh, it's going to be a hard game tonight without a shadow of doubt but um, I'm hoping we get the three points because uh, uh, it'd be very nice to get three points and move
prove ourselves a bit up the table. Um, Lee Clark is the manager of Blackpool, and he used to be a player down here. And uh, he was at Birmingham when I went up to Birmingham. And we got a we got a win up there. So it'd be nice. Uh, it'd be nice to turn turn him over twice in a, just a few months. But uh, I'm sure he'll have a, a few plans uh, as to what he's going to do. You know, that might be a bit different to what he did with Birmingham. But uh, who knows? But what's the general mood been like since since Kit Simons was given the job permanently? Obviously, the results picked up when he came in for, as caretaker after Magat left. But it's, this seems to be looking from the outside a real wave of optimism around the appointment. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, um, Fulham is quite a unique club in, in many ways because uh, it's just a, a, still a family-orientated club, no matter what. And the thing with um, Felix McGann is he wasn't he, he wasn't doing things the Fulham way, in our opinion, in the fans' opinion. But uh, the fans got right behind Kit Simons from the time he got the job, and uh, uh, there were, the song that was uh, was going up was um, "We've Got Our Fulham Back" as a, as a star song, which was going, and and it's true, it does feel that way, and it's, it still feels that way now. So no matter what the result tonight, I think it'll, uh, it's the beginning of something good. I think he was the right man to take over because purely because he was on the under 21s and he knew the under 21 they are they are his players sort of thing so he can carry on so he was the ideal man yes there still are some some of the players from the Premier League in the team you look at Scott Parker I mean even Brian Ruiz is you know mm. and Roddy Yeager have come back into the team and, yeah. and are helping out I mean, do you think those players will actually be really important for you this season as well well I think they'd be important for, for the kids to grow up you know and uh, they'd be there for the kids to uh, uh, how do you go motivate them um, they play together you know and all that I'm not saying that we will be there or thereabouts in the promotion side but I think it'd be very good for next season yes I always think you learn by mistakes of dropping and uh, it's, we, we've dropped a, a league we, I, don't, I never ever thought we'd be going down uh, and as far as it goes I think we'll just steadily move up the table I'm not saying we'll get promotion this year I'm not saying that at all if we get into the playoffs I think everybody would be happy but I don't really see that we're quite away from it our, our main aim now is to get the points just to move up away from the relegation and then one step at a time but if we if we were to be up there in the playoffs as we've seen with a lot of other teams if you hit the ground running and go into the playoffs on a winning streak then you're the team that uh, people are looking for but uh, I think it was always going to be hard for Fulham because as soon as you come down from the Premier you're the team to beat <laughs> everybody raises their game 10% uh, but now we've been down the bottom that, that sort of uh, that's disappeared and you never know we should be alright I think <laughs> one F in Fulham you're Fulham fanzine we've got a new edition £3 your fanzine David Lloyd I'm the editor of the fanzine I've got a lot of time for Kit and you know we got tonight's game with uh, the teammates weren't they here at Fulham both of them Lee Clark was a, a brilliant midfielder for us even though his roots are, are up north but uh, Kit a decent guy um, also a decent coach we, it's not just the niceness of the guy there's a lot more to him than that and he clearly knows the juniors and uh, what I'm amazed at is no one has really investigated what's gone on here in the past clearly you're going to have um, an inside view or, or a biased view from here being a Fulham fan but uh, I'm amazed that the media in general hasn't looked had a look at what's been going on because it's been painfully obvious uh, you've got um, you know my, my uh, 12 year old isn't what you'd call a, a football nut but he's come along and he's picked holes in what's been going on out there and uh, that's 
that's putting it forward somewhat amusingly, but it's not amusing for us fans. It's hurt. It's really hurt. We've had to fork out the, the money to come and watch, and it's been dreadful. And the mistakes that have been made have been catastrophic. It's interesting you, you, you say about you know the wider footballing media not, not really looking what's going on at Fulham. I, I think that's quite true, actually, because if you look at where you've fallen from when Shahid Khan bought the club after Alfie had left, I mean, it's been disastrous. I mean, it's all well and good having some optimism around Kit Simons now, but a succession of, of bad managerial appointments and it's seen you plummet down the table and, you know, towards the bottom of the championship. And it doesn't seem to me to have been any real examination of, of, of his decision-making process and, and, and what's gone on under his sort of tenure so yeah, far. You're right on that. It goes back beyond that because uh, you, could, you could say that Yobel was here far too long and with the, that takeover imminent, I think they decided to free will to the end of that season so as not to rock the boat and to present Fulham as a, as, as a viable uh, situation and calm and of course with the new chairman in he was almost stuck with Martin Yole who had by then we understand lost the dressing room etc etc and then it, it's just been quite clear that uh, he's not a football man he being Khan of course and uh, as a consequence you then have to wonder quite what the chief executive has been doing we understand that when Magat it was in that the chief exec was bypassed but the point is it, all of that is speculation we, who to point the finger of blame at is not necessarily a football fan's approach we're just seeing what's been going on on the field and week in week out it's been dire there have been the most atrocious decision taken Believe it or not, right to the end of last season, we could still have stayed up. We didn't deserve to stay up because of what had gone on, but we still could have done because of other clubs were also in serious problems. And yet we came, went to Stoke, and he, McGat had given them a five-hour training session beforehand. He played Dan Byrne, a left-sided, gangly uh, centre-back at right-back, and no one had any gumption. No, no one went for it. Well, that's that's a disgrace as far as a football fan's concerned. You know, you give it a crack, but they'd been trained out and. Um, sort of the rest is history we've plummeted into the championship and we're hoping that Kit will uh, do more than stabilise things now and in terms of the uh, the young players that have come into the side this year um, obviously Patrick Roberts is one that's got quite a lot of attention are there any that haven't really sort of got a bit of a media attention that you think deserve crediting um, well quite a few I mean George Williams has done very well he's already a Welsh international we've got uh, uh, Christensen I mean if you'd asked me this question at the start of the season I'd have been struggling to give you the names of the players not because I've not seen the youngsters I've seen them in the juniors but there's been such a massive overhaul you know my son's been coming along and asking you know well who's that and who's who, who's that and apparently there was a massive sale of programs on that first game just because people wanted to identify who the players were I mean that's a ridiculous state of affairs but you know I'm not sure if uh, if the new Messi as they keep referring to him has quite got there yet I mean he's phenomenally talented but he needs a bit more than that to be able to play week in week out especially in the championship Uh, the final ball isn't too good and when he had a run out against Darwin he sort of disappeared clearly talent there and I'm being guarded because you know we want to keep hold of him if we possibly can but we know how it works so that was David Lloyd the editor of the Fulham fanzine there's only one F in Fulham speaking to us uh, before the game tonight here at Craven Cottage uh, if you want to visit their website by the way it's uh, t-o-o-f-i-f.co.uk excellent fanzine I've got to say got it in front of me and uh, quite interesting to hear David's opinions there because it wasn't all positive there is a little bit of anger still at what's been going on at this club particularly with the uh, the ownership 
leadership over the last couple of years and the meek way in which they surrendered to relegation from the Premier League after so long last season? Well, it's obvious that some really bad decisions have been made at Fulham. And when you look at a club like Blackpool and like other clubs that have fallen out of the Premier League and down the Football League, comparatively, not, not much attention has really been given to the ownership of Shahid Khan and the, the, the real rapid decline of Fulham's fortunes. It's so easy to, to forget that they were in the Europa League final just what, three or four years ago. And now they find themselves, you know, taking on Blackpool, you know, in the bottom half of the championship clash on a Wednesday night. They really have fallen from grace and and it didn't have to be this way. You know, they were a good, solid, stable club with a squad of pretty good players and it was just allowed to stagnate and there was no, you know, injection of life seemingly, which is what the, the what David from the fan team was talking about and they just whimpered out of the Premier League and it's a shame because it really didn't have to be like that. It's not like they've had a disastrous time financially. It's not like they've had any, like, real catastrophe, you know, surrounding the team. It's just kind of almost slipped to this situation and it's a shame well just think of those uh, those results a few years ago when they were playing Juventus here in the uh, the Europa League under Roy Hodgson and how superb that side was with Bobby Zamora leading the line up front a whole host of really established uh, international Premier League players and you have still got a few here like Roddy Yeager and Scott Parker and obviously that Kit Simons is open Brian Ruiz is playing yeah yeah he had played a, in the World Cup against us he had a fantastic World Cup and Costa Rica were brilliant and he was a big part of that team so, you know, they have got players that... Those players, I think, I think Rodiega, Ruiz and Parker, you know, in particular, quality players. If, you know, we know that Parker will be up for the fight and if the other two can stay there with him and you really dig in this season and keep motivated, then good players at this level well the last time we were both here I think if I remember rightly was for a Europa League game which just shows how far they have fallen uh, as you can hear the announcer is uh, the PA announcer reading out the teams tonight we're just a couple of minutes away from kickoff. all the highlights to follow but in just a second we are going to turn our attention to a side who let's be honest have been the laughing stock of the Football League so far this season we'll talk next about Blackpool we are going up live we've got the Football League covered So we're underway here at Craven Cottage. Finally, the dramatic music has ended and the game has begun and there's been an early goal already, but I'm not going to tell you which way it's gone yet. You can hear that in our commentary in just a minute. Uh, first, though, DC, let's talk a bit more generically about Blackpool's situation. Obviously, Jose Riga came in during the summer, barely had uh, well, any players to sort of work with. There's about eight there, wasn't there, the week before the season started? And it hasn't really got any better since. They managed to scramble together a team or a squad in time for that first game, uh, but they've played 16 matches in the league so far this season uh, or 16 matches sorry in total so far this season and just a one solitary victory and they have been as I mentioned a minute ago a bit of a laughing stock really very much so and the whole season you know just got off on the worst possible for not having enough players for pre-season allowing so many players to leave out of contract in the summer and you know Oyston refusing to deal with agents and I remember listening to the I think it was the five live preview of the championship season and they, he had, they had him on a couple of days before the start of the season and it was remarkable really they were asking him quite fairly like surely you accept that it's irresponsible as a chairman of a football club in the championship to go into the start of the season you know be 48 hours before the start of the season and only have 
eight or so players under contract, you know, no goalkeepers at the club. How can you arrive in that situation? And all he kept saying was it would be irresponsible for me to pay the sort of, you know, wages and money that the agents and stuff are quoting us. But if you've got to be pragmatic, you know, it's the way of the world these days. You've got to, you, it's admirable in a way, in a strange, perverse way, to, you know, to not want to deal with agents and stuff. But you've got to draw the line somewhere and say, we've got to have players at this football club. You've got to give your manager a chance and you've got to give your team a bit of optimism and a bit of a chance. And clearly the strategy didn't work because look at the absolutely disgraceful start to the season they've had they've been bereft of anything Every not, they've not just been losing games every time I've seen people go to games journos, fans or whatever on Twitter every time they're saying oh, God I can't believe how bad Blackpool were you know just absolutely no hope whatsoever and you know, it's not showing any signs of improving and they've made the decision to get rid of Riga that sort of that relationship obviously never worked from the start well of course there was the incident with Gary Wright wasn't there where he was sort of publicly touting uh, after Gary Wright while Riga was still there yeah which was a you know a joke and I think it was the best decision for both parties to go their separate ways and they, they did they've got Lee Clark now he's a man that we've not always been very complimentary about in terms of his, his ability as a football manager but he, he will he will point to his track record with Huddersfield in his first season at Birmingham and say look I can manage at this level I can be a successful manager under the right circumstances and the only question you ask I mean are these the right circumstances to be successful it's going to be difficult for him it'll be difficult for anyone with a limited playing budget limited numbers you know as soon as they get any injuries this squad is so small as it just is. have a listen to this Oyster out the chance coming from the Blackpool fans exactly and as we've discussed I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon which is the sad thing you know they've got to get used to it and I'm sure I'm sure Clark's prepared to deal with that situation and try and work with the players try and improve what he's got try and you know introduce a better style of play or just change the tactics or whatever he's got to do whatever he can to try and improve the situation and he'll be motivated Lee Clark because he'll be bitterly disappointed with what happened at Birmingham and the way it ended you know he's got straight back into a job and I suppose you know the, the old adage is if you fall off the bike get straight back on it and that's what he's done so it'll be interesting to see if he can improve and do a better you know, better job than he did at Birmingham, but he couldn't have picked a harder one in this division. Well, here's a stat for you. Um, so far this year, Blackpool uh, calendar year, Blackpool have had four managers, which means they've had more managers than league wins, can you believe? As a header goes narrowly over the top from uh, that man, Brian Ruiz. Ruiz. So there you go, four, four, uh, league, uh, four managers in the league this year and only three league wins. Uh, before the game, we spoke to Blackpool fans outside the ground here and we asked them what on earth given all that has possessed them to travel a good five six hours down from the northwest on a miserable Wednesday night in November to watch their side because we're Tangerine we follow our team for years and years and years and we've always been there and we'll be there next season whatever well I think the main reason is because my son's not been to Craven Cottage before ah. uh, but you know we do go to most of the away games so. and in terms of this season already are you already resigned to your fate or do you still think there's time for Lee Clark to, or you're, you're already resigned yeah, yeah, I think we're down. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Too too far already. Even if we, even if we do get a few more players, which I'm not sure we'll get ones good enough, then I still think that it's too late. Yeah. I, I of course understand why he's saying that. Cause it's been so bad this season, but I always hold out that you know at this early stage, all it takes is one win. Even if it's a lucky win, you get one win, and all of a sudden those players might just start to believe new manager. Maybe we can do this. They'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, is there any hope now that Lee Clark's come in? It's not impossible, but, but I just think, Cardiff, you know... Though, and then, yeah. then the game after that.
that we got battered again. So <laughs> the, the win, the, the winning run lasted one game. The book is probably reflect the correct, you know, the, our chances, which are not impossible, but but nigh on, you know. Not resigned to it, but uh, let's hope this new manager can get us out of it. You know, uh, what we need is goals. Uh, if you don't score goals, you don't win matches, and we've got had too many. We're known as Blackpool nil. So, um, you know. I think if they lose tonight, that's it. Uh, they've they've wow. got to beat Fulham tonight, I think. Otherwise, uh, realistically, um, that's it, I think. I think, to, I think tonight is an important match for Blackpool. Well, you've got to be always optimistic, can you? It's always on the night, so let's see what happens. That's all I can say, really. And how would you. Well, we Blackpool fans, we're optimistic, aren't we? We're the optimists. And how would you sum up the season so far? Has it been a, been a, been a complete disaster, hasn't it? It's been a complete disaster. I mean, we hit the ground running, really, because they only had eight contracts in place to start with so we've just been catching up and it hasn't really happened has it because yeah. we've got an idiot for a chairman and that's all I'd like to say really I mean, obviously that's, that's the big issue when you look at Blackpool is the problems with the chairman it's the off the off the field issues that are making it really hard for the managers to progress on the on the pitch I mean when's that situation going to end I mean how long can it go on for to win in the Northern Premier League until we get rid of Oyston I reckon because the football side of it which I don't think he will go he's no interest whatsoever he just runs it as an admin shop He's had his money from the Premier League, and as you know, as far as he's concerned, that's it. That's it. He sold he sold the fans two years down the river yeah. by conning them out of the season tickets. When he well, goes, yeah. When he goes, simple. It's that simple. We don't think it'll end until he until he decides he's had enough and he sells. And in terms of the the majority of the Blackpool fans, obviously, there's been a lot of protest this season. Are they still with the team, or is that long gone? Is it more kind of about getting Oyston out now? I think they're all with the team, just against the owners. It's simple. You know, they've took all that money from from the Premier and, and, and not invested it in the playing side at all so I think all the fans are still with the team and whoever the manager might be it's just the owners that, that everybody's against do you, do you think the fans could force him out or is it his call they won't stop till they do it's it's we won't well, stop you know there's not enough you know they try and get the protest going and I'm guilty everybody's guilty it needs everybody to, to, to get on board and people they can't be bothered and until that happens I think where, where the majority rather than the minority start protesting and doing more about it then it won't change but you know if it gets worse and worse more people will probably come on board you see there's too much disruption all that um, having a go at the um, chairman I mean some of these kids that have a have a bit of a moan um, they weren't there when this this club was on its knees and uh, and his father took over and then took us up to the you know to the premiership so they don't remember that far back, but I'll go back to, you know, 1950. Don't blame anybody in one particular. It's circumstances, manager, uh, decisions that have been made by chairman, chairman um, and we're, we are where we are, and we've got to deal with it, you know, what's been done. What were your thoughts on, on Lee Clark when he, was, when he was appointed manager? Pleased? Well, whoever the manager was going to be appointed, the reality is we've got to win 50% of our games from now to stay in this division. So we've got to take it from there. Do you think it's achievable, though, with the players you've got? We've got to believe it's achievable. Whether it'll be is a different matter. So there you go. Quite an interesting range of opinions from the Blackpool fans. 
outside the ground here at Craven Cottage. A couple not pointing all the blame at Carl Oyston, but some very much don't see a sort of future uh, for the club under his ownership. You're looking at the squad there, uh, DC, that Lee Clark's got to work with this season, cobbled together over the last few months. Is there any signs of hope in that list of players for you? Not much, but there are a few players who you look at and think... In the, you know, if if they produce what they have done fleetingly throughout their career, they could be good. I look at players like Ishmael Miller, who you know has, has been a player, you know, who's been signed for big money at certain clubs throughout his career. Like went to West Brom for a decent move and a show potential, but again, a player that's moved around a lot and you have to look at and think there's probably a reason why he ended up at a club like Blackpool, but he's got it. It's just getting it out of him for whatever reason he hasn't done that consistently. You, you know, look at Nathan Delfonso. Like, I mean, he, he certainly was for a long time in England under-21 international. You know, it looked, looked like he might get a chance at Aston Villa. He never went for him. He's a player that's fallen off, but again, ability there. Can they get the best out of him? I, I'm not sure. All of these players you're looking at and you think, you're thinking they're what-ifs. You know, Niall Ranger, I mean, how many chances has he had to prove himself too many now, undoubtedly undoubtedly a talented player but he's got some real you know he's had some real problems off the pitch with his attitude and his commitment and you know and it's, it's sad to to see him waste continually waste opportunity that's been given to him again and again but he's here at Blackpool now can he knuckle down we're not sure so there are a lot of players there are a lot of if buts and maybes and gambles in this squad and you know there are a few experienced players Peter Clark Tony McMahon who've been here for a while you Joe Lewis in goal who's again he's a keeper that has been in England squads you know in the past but you're clutching at straws really it's a limited bunch of players it's a small squad of players they had to bring in players on the cheap on freeze on loans one of the players they have just loaded he's not actually on the back of the Fulham programme I think it's only just gone through in the last few days but they've loaned Jacob Murphy from Norwich who is one half of the, of the Murphy twins who are at Norwich Josh Murphy being the other half who's slightly ahead of his brother Jacob in the development stakes I think a bit more of an impact than the first team at Norwich but I know they're both very highly thought of and it'll be interesting to see whether Jacob is a player that can maybe get some game time under his belt now in the championship for Blackpool he's playing tonight here at Fulham and he's a player that has been talked of highly by Norwich fans so he's a player they can get excited about maybe but I mean it's, it's going to be difficult with this group of players but you know you don't write them off and see whether Lee Clark can do anything with them well let's see if he can do anything with them tonight at his old club and uh, you won't have to wait long for a goal let's put it like that here we go then uh, with tonight's action in the Skybet Championship it is a bottom of the table Blackpool against fourth bottom Fulham at the cottage all the action in just a second we are going up on the road we've got the Football League covered seconds he's taking it down taking a long ball long diagonal ball down and just good first 
touch. He kind of just poked it, a little toe poke, uh, through the legs of the keeper, I think, or under the body of the keeper into the far corner. Good little finish. And I mean, there goes my bet. <laughs> Marcus Bettinelli didn't get anywhere near it, right down the far end. Blackpool have taken an early lead. Sensational. And we still haven't had a goalless live game yet. Get in. Uh, it's uh, Fulham nil, Blackpool won. Control that and play it up the line. Saying that, I shouldn't criticise. While you were away, I had another one of my catastrophic defensive performances. I lost 10 2 at the weekend. Oh, Jesus. Double figures. Against the Any more own goals? Against the Tower Hamlets Chinese Community Association. They were brilliant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Any more own goals? No more own goals. No. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's an improvement that's of sorts. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there, yeah. Singing. Eyes look on the seaside of life. Da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da. Speaking of uh, good chants, um, obviously you just mentioned the Blackpool one there. Would you like to hear a chant from the Hiroshima fans recorded in the J League yes. a couple of weeks ago? Um, so basically, it was kind of like this quite a cold night. It was absolutely chucking it down. Uh, J League mid table clash, about three or four games oh, to go to the end of the season. There, from I, saw your was, I think there was 15,000 in this sort of stadium of 60,000. Yeah. It was kind of mid table end of season clash um, between uh, FC Tokyo and last season's champions, Hiroshima, who uh, we didn't actually know where last season's champions at the time first things first they played You'll Never Walk Alone before the game and both sets of fans sung along in Japanese fantastic which was ridiculous and they also had a Japanese version can of it playing it? can you give us a translator oh mate I can't even sing in English let alone in uh, Japanese and they also had like a loop of it uh, being played so whenever you went outside the ground uh, sort of on the concourse and stuff anyway uh, the Hiroshima fans were brilliant made a load of noise and uh, this particular chant uh, was picked up on by me and uh, my two mates who I was out there with so here we go a little uh, sort of uh, insert of the Hiroshima fans singing in the J-League a couple of weeks ago. Ole, ole, Hiroshima. Sing it. <laughs> Come on. Small town in Chelsea is the chant from the uh, Blackpool fans to our left tonight. Um, before the game, DC, we made a new friend, didn't we? Outside Craven Cottage, a big new furry friend. Oh, we certainly did. Billy the Badger. Who, I mean, I don't really know why Billy the Badger is the mascot. I mean, apart from the black and white. Oh, let me stop you there. Cross the 2 0. It's 2 0. Blackpool have scored a second goal at Craven Cottage. A great run to the byline. Jacob Murphy has scored a second goal for the visitors. This is just what they need. Little bit of momentum. Fantastic work on the right-hand side there by, I think it was uh, Miller again who took it to the byline, pulled it back. Murphy has knocked it home. Billy the Badger can wait because he's got more, in, more important things to talk about. He's got his head in his hands. He has. Um, wow. 
What, what a turn up this is, Fulham nil, Blackpool 2. You never know. You just never know, do you? I mean, all, as I said, and I've said many times before, it takes one win, one game of football. You can always, you know, you can produce performances no matter how desperate you seem to have been in the past, no matter how bad you played. You get, a, you get an early goal, you get a break, you get confidence back. Now, all of a sudden, these players are 2-0 up and they're thinking, we can do this, we can play, and they're going to express themselves. You know, Fulham have got to come back into this game now, but... The other side of the coin is that they're tuning up. Do they get wide or do they try and... Does the fear of failure creep in? Does the pressure creep in about trying to protect this 2-0 lead? You know, they've got to be on the front foot and keep going. It's early. It's only 26 minutes gone. They're 2-0 up. They've got an absolutely great start. And this is a massive opportunity now for Blackpool to build some momentum. Wow, listen to that noise over there. There's an absolute carnival going on to our left. Uh, ball pulled back. It was sort of a triple, zero, triple circle cross on FIFA. Low and hard across the six-yard box. Murphy's turned it home right-footed. It's Fulham nil, Blackpool 2. So, as we were discussing before, we were rudely interrupted by one of those, those goal things. Um, Billy the Badger, what were you about to say about Fulham's mascot? I was saying, I mean, I don't, it's not the obvious sort of mascot you necessarily have, a badger for Fulham. But um, uh, This is I, a clue you have Michael Jackson as their, as their statue, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I do remember when I, well, I've been to a few, a few Fulham matches down the years because I've got, got a couple of mates who are season ticket holders and I've, I've been along with them sometimes and one of them hadn't been able to go. And I remember a number of years ago coming to a game here, it was when they were in the Premier League for one of the first few seasons and their mascot back then was Sir Craven of Cottage <laughs> it was this kind of strange kind of knight sort of figure I've got what a picture of that with a shield and a sword and a ridiculous crown was that in the 90s? no no I think it was I think it was like right just before they came up or just after they came up um, and he, he didn't last long I don't think and they replaced him with Billy who does seem a, a lot more of your traditional lovable mascot figure can we make that a hashtag on Twitter uh, forgotten mascots <laughs> yeah yeah well, we, we've heard obviously before about Harriet Hornet down yes I'm sure, there, I'm sure there are more out there please send us your hashtag forgotten mascots uh, the Twitter address is at Wagyu Podcast that's W-A-G-U Podcast uh, post them on the Facebook page or email them and so on Still Fulham nil, Blackpool 2. About uh, 10 minutes to go to half-time. Tempers are fraying over on that far side from us. Oh, it's a straight red card. Is that Murphy? I think it's Jake and Murphy. Who is that? Is that 25 or 29? I can't quite see from here. It's definitely a, Tony McMahon's been sent off on the uh, the right hand side. Basically, there was a, an incident a minute ago with two players on the edge of the area, sort of got into a situation where they were both on top of the ball. The ref has given a drop ball, and then from the restart, it was hoofed up the field by Blackpool. And I think maybe he's had a bit of a bit of afters there after the ball's been uh, been cleared. And uh, wow, they really didn't need that tune a lot. And they're now going to have to play with 10 men for the uh, the last hour of this game. And of course, he is the Blackpool captain as well. So. He doesn't want to go. No, he's taking his time. He's arguing with the referee. I mean, Scott Parker's still there, I think, as well, having his two pennies worth. But 
it's a funny situation because it was a drop ball. Fulham had the ball. Amorabieta and Scott Parker were linking up down, down the left-hand side. And it was one of those times where it got stuck under a few players' feet and the Fulham defender sort of went down and sat on the ball and they were trying to hack it out from underneath him. So the referee's blown up and said, right, drop ball. Fulham were in possession of the ball, really, before the Blackpool player obstructed them. So I think the referee said, right, Blackpool player, give the ball back. And McMahon went to do that and booted up, booted it down the pitch back to their keeper, which Roddy Yeager, I think, was unhappy with. He, he obviously wanted the ball higher up the pitch rather than going back to the keeper. So he tried to block the clearance and he tried to, you know, fight for the drop ball, as it were, which then caused the scuffle. And I think after McMahon has tried to kick the ball away, Roddy Yeager seemed to be intimating that McMahon might have tried to kick him as well and had a little dig at him. Obviously, something happened because the Fulham fans were awoken from their slumber. <laughs> All of them stood up, stood up on the on the right-hand side of the ground and you know we're really going mad at the referee so I think obviously something happened but in those situations you I know mean, maybe it was a bit provoked by Roddy Yeager I'm not sure without seeing a replay it's hard to say from here but the referee's obviously seen something and given him a straight red but potentially a bit harsh <laughs> Three minutes of added time, and Fulham have got an in-swinging corner from the right. Oh, it's still up there. Oh, a bit of hesitation. Dan Byrne went for it, and now he's turned back onto his left foot at the byline. Low ball, and Blackpool should clear that. They haven't. Oh, great. nice little move. Oh, he's in the back of the net. Fulham have scored. They've got one back. Fulham one, Blackpool two. Scott Parker played. And just after that hesitation, Dan Burns pulled the ball back from the byline with what didn't look like a great ball, but the Blackpool player tried to clear it. On it, Scott Parker looked like he was going to shoot, but he played a clever little one-two with Roddy Ager in a tight space, and he squeezed it in at the near post inside Joe Lewis's near post, which is a crucial goal for Fulham. Disastrous last five minutes before half-time for Blackpool. They've had a man sent off. They've conceded a really sloppy goal there, which I guess has been the story of their season really. And Fulham, and I've got to be honest, I don't think they've really deserved it. Have uh, got themselves a foothold back in this game. This could be a right classic, this. Uh, Fulham 1, Blackpool 2. Robert Madley blows the half time whistle. Fulham 1, Blackpool 2. Blackpool, the early goal through Ishmael Miller. Uh, two up shortly after with uh, Jacob Murphy getting the second. Then the red card on the right-hand side of the, of the, of the skipper. And, um, and then a goal by uh, Scott Parker just before half-time. Been an eventful first 45, eh? It has. And Blackpool will be going into the dressing room now. They're on the back foot and they'll go in there and they'll see their skipper and they'll... I wonder whether there'll be some strong words said if he has kicked out of Roddy Yeager and I'm sure his teammates won't be very happy at him. But all of a sudden, from a position of being 2-0 up and you know sitting pretty within the game, getting some confidence back into their team, finally, Lee Clark's team talk changes dramatically now. I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you batten down the hatches and try and hold on to this 2-1 victory when Fulham are going to come at you with an onslaught of pressure? I think you probably have to, don't you? And then just try and hit them on the break. They've got Murphy, who's got a bit of pace. You know, Miller's not the, not the slowest player and he's big and strong and hold the ball up. So they should have some options on the break, really, uh, which makes it makes for an interesting second half. And, you know, 
but his volume can only get better though of course and you can see the quality that they've got the goal was a really well worked goal by those two players one of the two of those players we talked about before kickoff Roddy Ager and, and Parker you know combining to, to great effect but those Blackpool fans in the last 15 minutes you know the, the nerves have come back in and it's oh god here we go again so the second half should be interesting you know it's what they're playing as well Katie Perry and Firework very well done that PA man half time here we'll be back for the second half in a few minutes uh, Fulham 1 Blackpool 2 we are going up live so we're back underway second half at the cottage uh, which you are admiring by the way the little cottage to our right there yeah I mean it's one of the great things about Craven Cottage obviously the, the cottage itself is still standing uh, in all its glory and I, I, I'm not 100% sure but I think that some of the players families and friends um, sit in there on the little balcony on the little terrace watching the game in the corner there and it is, it's one of the things that does give this ground great character and you know it is great that, that they decided to stay at Craven Cottage all those years ago rather when they were thinking of maybe moving away or building a new stadium or sharing with QPR or whatever and you know right next to the Thames as well I mean you can't quite see in all its glory tonight because it's a night game but when you come down here on a Saturday particularly towards the end of the season in the glorious sunshine walking down along the Thames from Putney it's you know it's fantastic one of my favourite grounds around I've got some Japanese treats for you okay oh yeah so uh on Sunday in Tokyo my last day in Tokyo decided to do a bit of shopping bought a bit of food um, I did buy some sweets which mysteriously have gone missing so I think one of my mates has taken them by accident but I do have with me two items of uh, two food items I'm going to get them out now and you've got to let me know what you think so firstly we've got these what do you think these are? Kit Kats look a bit closer oh pink pink Kit Kats would you like to try one of these? I'd love to let me hand that to you. This is food item number one. As Blackpool come forward, I'll just, you know, briefly look at the game. Um, more important things going on in the Putney end here, if I'm honest. It's DC now just uh, making sure his uh, hot chocolate is secure before opening the uh, slightly different Kit Kat to what you're used to. And there's going to be a surprise for you. What is this? I don't like this. What the flavour is going to be horrible. It's going to be like sushi flavour or something. What is that? I don't know. I mean, was it strawberry? It is a Japanese strawberry Kit Kat. That? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing, but it is in Japan. And the second item of food I've got down here in my bag, as uh, the Fulham fans boo the referee, um, is... Hang on a minute, where is it? Where, where is it? Here we go. Right. Now, what do you think that is? It's a pot. Can you read Japanese? I'm afraid I can't, mate. No, not at all. Open it up. It's kind of a circular pot containing some kind of food. Chips. No, have one of them. See what you think. It looks like they look like takeaway chips you'd find in a kebab shop. There he's going in. He's going in. These are really hard chips. You just bought me a pack of stale chips. <laughs> of a cross between crisps and chips do you know what I think not really sure what they are yeah. or what flavour they are um, maybe any Japanese listeners can uh, let us know uh, they're called what's the brand I'm freezing to death here Jagabi Jagabi that's the only word on there that's actually written in English but there you go a couple of Japanese half time snacks for you I'm not sure if that's tradition over there at football grounds but it's wasted five minutes hasn't it uh, Fulham 1 Blackpool 2 
excellent play there from young Jacob Murphy. He's carried the ball about 40 yards from his own half down the right-hand side. He's gone back to the Fulham keeper now, but relieving the pressure there crucially for Blackpool. They're going to have to do that because there's half an hour left and you'd think there's five minutes to go the way they're just being penned constantly into their box, getting crosses from left and right. Here comes another one, another corner. Got another corner. I mean, they're really going for it, but the Blackpool, to their credit, are defending well. They're getting the headers, they're getting the blocks in, they're doing what they can, and when they can, they've got to try and get that out ball to, to Miller or, or to Murphy and just try and relieve the pressure for a little bit. And who knows, they could catch them on the break if, if they're lucky. Let me try it out on the way back when they go through the tube station. Oyster out, oyster out. <laughs> You can use your, um, uh, what do you call it now? Your, 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 your contactless card. Contactless card. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it, that does it? About 24 minutes or so left on the clock. And you just, you just think, the longer this goes on, obviously Blackpool about to make a substitution here. But if they can hold out, even if they got a point, but let's just say if they can hold out and get a win here. Oh, Ishmael Miller going off, which is interesting because he been a source of right, Niall Ranger so he's another big man up front he could probably do a similar job try and hold the ball up but as I was saying if Blackpool can hold out here and get a win down to 10 men away from home in the situation that they've been in it's the sort of result that can really galvanise you build a sense of team spirit Lee Clark can build on this and say to those guys look what you've done right forget about what's happened so far this season I'm here now We've won away at Fulham. We had 10 men. We was back against the wall. And, you know, let's take this and move this forward. And it can really give them a sense of team spirit and positivity going forward. So I think it's really important here that they manage to hold out because you just feel that if Fulham get the equaliser, if they were to go on to win this match, you'd, that life and that the life and the excitement we can hear from those Blackpool fans would just be sucked out again and it's back to square one. So it's, it's crucial that they try and their absolute hardest and keep defending that they, like they are at the moment and really get these three points. Another Fulham corner and it's in. It's been coming. In swinging corner from the right-hand side and the equaliser... Headed in, I think it was headed in at the near post. Joe Lewis is running out to try and complain to the referee, but it's in and it's two all with 17 minutes to go. I, I just wonder, well, we'll hear the announcement in a second whether that isn't an own goal. I mean, it looked like Lewis had it and he, this is the replay. Oh, was it an own goal or was he claiming there's a push? Ruiz had took the corner I thought someone nipped it at the near post but has the goalkeeper gone to punch that and it's deflected into his own net well that's the thing it's gone straight in it looked like Lewis had it and he's sort of fallen back into his net and the ball's gone straight in but I think Lewis was claiming maybe that he was pushed before that as keepers are always listen to the Fulham fans I mean he's always going to try and do that I mean even just to spare his blushes I think but you know, you never want to be conceding straight from a corner, do you? And that's a, that's a real disappointing goal for Blackwell to concede because... Two goals up. If they get nothing from this game now, they'll be really, really disappointed. Oh, my word. Fulham breaking forward again. Low ball across the edge of the penalty area. Perkins. Blackpool just about managed to get it away. They're hoofing it forward. Long, aimless ball for Nile Ranger to chase onto. But it's just wave and wave after pressure, uh, pressure now from Fulham. And I, I suppose the Blackpool fans have seen this all too often this season. 
in control ahead of a game, ahead in a game, and now it's 2 all with 15 minutes to go. We are going up live at Craven Cottage. Parker driving them forward now. Great ball out to the right-hand side. Chance to make it. Oh, my days. Is that Zveritic on his right foot? I'm not quite sure. And the sweeper, Marcus Bettolini, down at this end. He's furious, absolutely furious there. It was a great position inside the box. Just cut it back across the box, across the six-yard box. And he's, he's the one that looks like he's tried to score, and it's gone high over the bar. Time's running out. So Ruiz in swinging corner from Fulham's right of his left foot. In it goes, 2-0, a couple of minutes to go. Doesn't beat the first man. That is so frustrating if you're a Fulham fan. Got to be beating the first man. Opportunities like that. Christensen, little dink up. Will go the heads. There's a man over there. Chance of fantastic bit of defending from Blackpool at the back there. I think two players went on him at once there. Couldn't get the shot away. Again, they give the ball away. They just cannot keep hold of this football. Two minutes to go. Drive and run down the left. Excellent work by Roberts. Checks inside. Scott Parker turning and twisting back onto his right foot. Low ball to the edge of the area. Touch to set himself. Ruiz shoots. Great save. Great save. Joe Lewis down low to his left. Some superb defensive work from Blackpool there. They're putting their hearts on the line for the manager tonight. They've been accused. A player down. We're cramped. Whether it's real or not, it doesn't matter. They're giving it all they've got here. And there's going to be more chances for Fulham, but they've just got to hold out. Joe Lewis, I mean, I don't know whether it was a mistake for the second Fulham goal. Apart from that moment, he's had a really good game. He's got to hold out. Ten men, they capped him and sent off in the first half. If they get this point, it is massive for them. Here we go. This is it. I'm certain of it. It's the last attack of the match. Fulham 2, Blackpool 2. Scott Parker driving his side forward again. He's got it about 25 yards out. Turns left. It's going to be worked wide to the left-hand side. If this can be played across. Cephalidis is cross. It's turned out for another corner. He's got the block in there. What are you godding at? There's just one corner left. Everyone, get the keeper up. This probably don't go up. <laughs> Good job, you're not a manager. This place is going to go mental if Fulham can get a winner. And it comes left footed up, go their heads. Oh, there's a man over at the far post. It drops, it's played back across, and Blackpool scoop it out again. It's headed wide again. Referee looks at his watch. This could be it. Chance on the edge of the area. Oh, they're going square. They're not really. No, well, well blocked again from Blackpool. Oh, oh. Oh, Blackpool are going to get a free kick. Yeah, there we go. I think the home fans wanted a penalty. The linesman's got other ideas. And that, I think, DC will be that. What do you reckon then? Fulham 2, Blackpool 2. Tremendous effort from Blackpool second half. When, when Fulham got the equaliser, I really did think they'd go on to win the game. There's only a few seconds left now. Blackpool fans have found their voices again, haven't they? They've been brilliant tonight. Blackpool defended for their lives since the captain was sent off, Tony McMahon, in the first half. They deserve the point, I think. Well, in their situation, you've got to be winning games if you want to stay up, and they were 2-0 up, but that red card changed the game. Yeah, in the circumstances, away from home, I think they would have taken a point probably before the game, and there it is. They've got it. All over. Fulham 2, Blackpool 2 in the Championship. The points are shared, and we think Blackpool deserves something from that game. They've been described as a bit of a rabble by some people who have seen them in recent weeks, but I thought they... Uh, or anything uh, but tonight, especially defensively in that last 20 minutes. Yeah, they started the game brightly. Clinical took, took the first two chances they got and scored. 
and then they had to defend once they once they kept him. Once McMahon was sent it off, they had to go back backs against the wall. Fulham got the goals they needed, but Fulham have only got themselves to blame really for not having all three points here. As good as the, as good as Blackpool defended. They did get in behind them. They got down the sides. They spread the play well. They, were, they, made, they made sure the pitch was big. They made sure Blackpool was stretched. And they got plenty of balls into the box where there just wasn't the right runs across the defenders. There wasn't the right contacts on the headers. The balls were, weren't always of the highest quality. How many corners did they have? Must be double figures. They should have won that game tonight you know, with, the, with the man advantage, getting that equaliser when there was still ample time left on the clock to go on and win the game. So they'll be disappointed. But Blackpool will be delighted they're going over now to salute their fans on a, a on a hard-earned point and you know this has got to be something that they can build on now Lee Clark's delighted he's shaking the hands of all of his players he'll be happy with this I'm sure he will really entertaining game of football tonight on bonfire night and uh, yeah the Blackpool fans as you mentioned going down now to the fans to uh, sign a couple of autographs maybe uh, exchange a couple of shirts it's all over and it's finished at Craven Cottage we are going up live on the road Fulham 2 Blackpool 2 you're listening to we are going up tell you what it is cold isn't it <laughs> now oh. we just left the ground the noises you're making over there God. <laughs> anyway great game to all and there's been another interesting result in the championship tonight uh, Nottingham Forest 1 Brentford 3 Forest uh, run goes on uh, 10 games without winning all competitions now they're still down in 11th place I mean it's only a couple of weeks since I've done a show but I'm pretty sure they were doing alright then what, what's this run all about well it's just tailed off isn't it I know they had a few injuries but they're stuck in a rut now and already you're starting to see I'm sure them I'm interested to, to speak to some Forest fans and see how they feel but all the people who don't have the highest opinion of Stuart Pearce as a manager from his previous spells in charge of City and Man City and uh, and England under 21s are starting to come out now and saying oh look told you so told you it was no good and it, you know he had a great start and they were so behind him the atmosphere that ovation he got when he came out for his first game at the start of the season was, was emphatic and they started the season really well but now the wheels have fallen off a little bit and it's a real test for him and they've got to reverse that decline because as quick as you can move up the league in the championship with the, with three wins you go 10 games without a win all of a sudden you start you start falling so you know I suppose they're saving having said that I suppose they're saving grace is really that so many other teams have been dropping points there they're still not a million miles away from, but they're still right in the mix points-wise. But you know, confidence will be really low. He's got to do something about it. Well, it's absolute chaos in the championship at the minute, isn't it? Bournemouth, the top of the league, can you believe? Uh, Thirty points from sixteen, and Middlesbrough up in second. Watford, Derby, Ipswich, and Wolves in the playoffs. Uh, it just seems to change from week to week at the minute. Uh, who the leaders are? Watford can lose a game and drop down a few places, win the next one, and be back top. Yeah, well, Watford have got Ipswich on on Saturday at Portman Road, which is a real big test for us because Ipswich. I've been in great form. I mean, Daryl Murphy's currently, I think he's either joint or, or outright top goal scorer in the division. He's got 10 goals, I think. And I mean, he's not a player that I've really thought that highly of in the past when I've seen him. But the two goals he scored against Wolves on Tuesday night were both fantastic finishes. I saw Adam Williams talking about him on Twitter last night and speaking of, you know, speaking highly of him and, and really saying how confident he is at the moment.
moment and that's why they looked really confident finishes and you know Ipswich are looking really good at the moment they're, they're one of a number of teams as you said that have had you know, it's sort of hard to say are these teams all playing well are they all sort of playing averagely like there isn't the championship is always tight as the cliche goes but usually there are maybe one or two teams that do pull away slightly even if that gap's only like four points or so it's not the case this year you know it's the top six or seven teams separated by a handful of points just a couple of points so it's fascinating at the moment Norwich are having a little bit of a wobble Huddersfield have been on a great run as well uh, I know they lost um, last night on Tuesday night this week but they had I think gone seven unbeaten uh, before that uh, and obviously we've seen a couple of the teams down at the bottom Neil Lennon's had a good impact at Bolton uh, won a few games recently and Russell Slade doing quite well at Cardiff so the new managers are having a rim- an impact yeah I mean we weren't sure how Slade was going to get on at Cardiff and he's had a good start which was, which was I think was needed well, I know they lost last night didn't they but before then yeah but I think it was needed to get the fans and, and the players on board and Lennon I mean look, they were still down in the relegation zone even after that win for Bolton but I heard him talking after the game you know don't count us out for the playoffs he was saying as far away as they are at the moment a couple of wins under their belts they'll start thinking as we were leaving Fulham tonight I dipped my head in just to have a look at the screen and see some of the the scores from the games tonight and I heard a Fulham fan go oh look we're only 11 points off the playoffs there you go you know you always can have that hope absolutely Uh, into League One uh, Bristol City and Preston uh, top two still you've got Swindon MK Dons Rochdale flying high in the playoffs Notts County uh, up to sixth and down at the bottom Crew, Yeovil Gillingham and Scunthorpe who had a really good win uh, 2-1 away at Peterborough at the weekend Mark Robbins another new manager is having an impact there but again Bristol City still the team to beat in that division yeah absolutely outstanding still unbeaten aren't they and um, are they still unbeaten at this point yeah that's mental yeah absolutely uh, you know and, and they've had a few draws lately but still still get to, to lose in the league and uh, it's been a fantastic start for them they're, they're looking imperious and you know they've got to keep it going if they keep it going you know, they'll, they'll be up way before the end of the season of course it won't happen like that they're going to lose a game at some point and I suppose I saw Cottrell talking recently actually about the pressure it kind of puts them under more pressure now because they they've got this record to hold on to and it kind of maybe at some point becomes a psychological thing that you just kind of maybe want the loss just to banish that thing get it out of the way then they can go on and re-establish themselves again interesting theory uh, League 2 uh, Wickham, Luton and Shrewsbury the top 3 uh, we're in 4th we got absolutely tonked 5-0 at Shrewsbury the other week I woke up in the middle of the night in Tokyo checked my phone I, I could not believe what I'd just seen uh, but we bounced back with a point at South End and then a good win at home we've been excellent 7 home wins in a row uh, just away from home a different team bottom 2 though Hartlepool and Tranmere obviously Hartlepool have a point uh, sorry Tranmere have a point in Mickey Adams I think Hartlepool still without a manager as far as I'm aware I think they need to get one in soon Otherwise, non-league football could be beckoning. Uh, you've got Carlisle, Dagenham and York also down there at the bottom of League Two. Right, fantasy football update. You can see the uh, top ten there. Do you want to read out the number one team in the fantasy football at the minute? Uh, Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets. Pretty much sums it up. I don't know whose team that is. Are you in the top ten there? And they're in, they're in the lead by quite a way. It's almost 100 points ahead. Um, I don't think I'm in the top ten anymore. My, 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 uh, my administration and my team is somewhat fallen by the wayside 
you've got uh, Rosie 47, AFC Forest, Savassi Square, Balker FC, One Size Fits All 11, La Bisbelle Supporter, Let Them Eat Cake, Black and Escort Eagles making up the top 10. So well done to uh, to whoever you are. Not, interestingly, they're all playing 3-4-3 three, three formations. So they are, actually. Is that the only formation you can play? Yeah, you dropped my iPad there. It's the most sensible formation to play, uh, I would think. Get your three strikers in. Uh, just a reminder, a couple of um, offers still open to you. Are we doing it right here, by the way? Walking back to Amethyst Station, or is it straight on? Keep going, I think. Okay. Um, a couple of offers that are open to you. Uh, Audible, still offering you a free one-month trial and a free audiobook of your choosing, even if you decide to, to cancel before the uh, the end of the trial period. All you need to do... This is coming. It is. How long to go? About seven weeks? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so all you need to do is go to audible.co.uk slash going up, click uh, get my free audiobook, and then it'll be yours to keep. Simple as that. And the all-important URL is audible.co.uk slash going up. And we're also now delighted to say uh, that thanks to our friends at Paddy Power, we can now offer you a special money-back offer if you sign up by following this link. It's wearegoingup.co.uk slash Paddy Power. First-time accounts will get a free £5 deposit and also a £20 free bet if you bet a fiver so everyone is a winner there you didn't do too well with yours tonight though did you no I didn't no, <laughs> don't, only take advantage of that offer if, you, if you're better at betting than me okay. which isn't hard we are going up.co.uk slash Paddy Power top offer from the folks at Paddy Power so please do get involved in that anything else to plug uh can we get a deal with a thermal thermal <laughs> socks and underwear company, please? Anyone listening? I'm absolutely freezing my nuts off. Please help us out. FA Cup first round this weekend, which I'm looking forward to. There'll bound to be some upsets. We've got Hemel Hempstead at home. Oh, Hemel Hempstead. A team, you know, not too far away from Watford. There you go. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, you... At home. At home, not Yeah, we're, we're, no, we're at home. Uh, you can tweet us. They got down and had a, had a night out in Visage. I don't think that, that's not a thing anymore. I think that's long. It's definitely. Jack's probably a lot. Definitely not. Some Hemel. There might be a few. They could update me as to what the nightclubs are of Hemel. Jumping jacks. Splash. Wonderful swimming bar. Right, I'm going to walk away from him. <laughs> we are going up.co.uk is the website. What the country's finest laser quest as well. Quasar. Brilliant. Unrivaled. There you go. We've covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> uh, you can tweet us at Wagyu Podcast. We will speak to you next week. This is the We Are Going Up Podcast. We've got the football league covered. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.